you know one thing I love about podcasts is like when they get close to the microphone like this, it sounds so freaking sexy. You're like, hello. Hello, is it me? Is it me? Full. I'm just like talking about something, whatever, and I'm like, all right. Right, governor. Like, right, right, right. It's like, that's not a good, not a good act, <laughs> okay? Mine's worse. I'll start with like British and then I'm like fucking Australian. Crikey. Yeah, I can't. Okay. We're rolling. Ay, ese vasito que divino. Me combina, chica, lo acabo de encontrar en la cocina. Yo aquí con esta botella más ghetto. Justina, sponsor us. Dasani. Dis Thank you, X, is sponsored by Dasani. We're actually not. Dasani is... No. Welcome back to Thank You, X, friends and fam. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We have an amazing second episode for you called When is It Time to Walk Away? Yes. yes. The question <laughs> came up. Because we were talking and we were like, you know, when does it get unhealthy being a ride or die? Like right. men are always like, I want a girl who's a ride or die and this and that. And like, yeah. when and does it get unhealthy? We get it. Like relationships take sacrifice. But yeah. when, when, is, when is it a sacrifice that you both are like kind of trying to achieve the same goal together? And when is it that you're sacrificing yourself? Because once you get to the point where you're sacrificing either your values or honestly, it, this sounds dramatic, but even your dignity or just like who you are as a person. Your integrity, like, yes, your values, your standards, you know, like things that sometimes we subconsciously like don't realize that we're doing. I right. think especially as women, cause we're like caregivers and we always want to, you know, help people and esto y lo otro. Like when well, does it get to a question for you, Vane. Uh -huh. um, I have a question for you. Uh, you were in a relationship with Arabi Glover for seven years. Arabi Glover, just for those who didn't catch our intro episode, Arabi Glover is Vanessa's ex-boyfriend of seven years. Mm -hmm. One of the half of the reason why we met. <laughs> um, okay. And when you, you know, you dated him for seven years, within those seven years, when did the aha moments, Van and I like to call them aha moments, like, or what, how we say in Spanish, cuando te cae el 20, when you're like, uh-oh. Like, here we <laughs> go. Feel, yeah, something's up. Yeah. When, when was that for you? Because it's a seven-year relationship. Did you have those aha moments at the beginning? Like, how did that manifest for you? So I think, like, it obviously took me multiple occurrences to walk away from a relationship that long because before him, you know, I didn't believe in marriage. I didn't believe in love. I was like, my career is my love. And I never really thought, like, I'm a casar y quiero hijos y esto y lo otro. Like, no, like, I never actually really, like, had those thoughts go through my mind. So this person was the first man in my life that kind of opened my mind and my heart to like, oh, I, I would like to get married. I would like to have kids. So for me to like actually process like, wow, this person is not going to be the, that, the person that I do that with was like really difficult for me. But I think like within the last two years of our relationship was kind of when like the lies started, the manipulation started. And it was kind of when I started you know, opening up conversation with my family, with my close friends, with my girlfriends, with my guy friends, you know, and it was just like, something like isn't right, you know, and like, and can I just say like, because you've told me stories about the beginning of your relationship with Arabi Glowed, and especially the, the age that you start, you were so young, it was such a, a fairy tale. I mean, I can't even imagine how hard that is to let go of when the beginning of it is so sweet and tender and kind of like, I mean, I don't, I've never asked you if he was, you felt like Arabi Glover was your first love, but kind of like that, 
excitement of, if not your first love, definitely one of your first loves. Yeah. I think he was definitely, you know how they say like your first love, you're like young, you know, like, yeah. I think I had experienced love before Arabic Lover, but I think that this was like a real like serious love. Like it was like, wow, I see a future with this person. You know, like I was super close with his family. I still am. They're amazing people. Like, and he's an amazing guy too, but it was just kind of like, oh, this is different. You know, like this is, you know, we were best friends that we did everything together, you know? And I think that is the hardest part of a breakup is like getting out of that routine of like, ah, te pasa algo exciting. And you're like, oh, I want to call so-and-so and tell them. And you're like, wait, like, okay. I he's not like I, I shouldn't, you know? And like that for me was like, I was breaking a routine, like, in, like a fucking drug addict that like endorphin of like, oh, I'm excited. Guess what? I want to share it with you. Right. So that was like kind of a difficult thing for me, but can you think of definitely like, like aha. can you think of like, oh, this day we were at this place and this happened. And I was like, hmm, aha moment. Can Dude, you think- okay. So there was a moment when we were like being intimate or whatever. We might want to edit this out later, but we were being like, maybe, maybe, maybe not girl. This is juicy stuff. But- <laughs> we were being like, like you were getting hot and heavy. I mean, hello, you yeah. guys that for seven years. You're going to get uh-huh. hot. Bueno, Y el mal me dijo que, like, why don't, why don't you put makeup on? Like, why don't you wear makeup? Like, Oof. you would look like you're, you're so pretty and stuff, but like, you're so beautiful with makeup. And it would make me feel special if you would wear makeup. I kind of was taken back and I'm like, excuse me? And he's like, you're pretty and beautiful, but like, it would just make me feel special if you would get like dressed up and wear makeup for me it would make me feel special and I'm like um I'm beautiful the way I am like with or without makeup so like that no like that didn't rub me the right way yeah like the moment you have to like no I was like excuse no the thing is I have to say I've had situations like that I had situations like that with Mr. Ravioli plenty as she sips the tea no I'm kidding um (laughs) but I think you know, our reaction, which your reaction was so great of like, excuse me, but there's a side of us that internalizes that, that rejects it, but at the same time goes, fuck, should I be wearing makeup? Am I not pretty enough? Who's he comparing me to? Why am I, you know? Yeah. Immediately. Which again, we're not blaming anybody. That's also a lot of self-work that you have to do, but there is that aha moment of like, why did I not stand up for myself in that moment? Or where I was just like, oh, like I had never seen, it was kind of like, oh, I haven't seen this side of this person before. Like noted, you know, I was kind of like into the relationship. Do you think like that was in, in the last two years, like that happened within the last two years. And then like it's a vulnerable moment to be intimate with someone you want to feel your most beautiful, whether you're wearing makeup or you look like a freaking slob, like you're being, yeah. intimate. that's so much vulnerability. And it just like made me question myself. And it was like, why? Like, why is this person who's supposed to be my biggest supporter making me feel less than I know that I am? And, you know, you go in your head and you internalize it. And just like, as much as you tell yourself, like, I'm not going to let this get to me, you you can't help but think about it, you know? Like, so that was- That's where it also becomes like this game of like, that's part of the journey is like, okay, what in me is manifesting this kind of- yeah what am I not accepting in myself that I'm like, again, it's not victim blaming, but just kind of like, what am I, what, what is in me that is 
manifesting lacking ship. Yeah. You know, I was going through like a career challenge and I was kind of questioning like, do I want to be in fashion for the rest of my life? Like since I was a little girl, I knew like fashion is my future, my career, I'm going to be dedicated to it. And that was kind of around the time where I was questioning, like, do I actually see myself doing this? So I was already having like a little bit of like, like an identity, not crisis, because it wasn't really that dramatic, but I was questioning like myself already, you know, as like a professional. So like to have your personal life question at the same exact time, was not good was not how like something that you were already like projecting and having in within yourself and how that was started manifesting in a relationship not that it was your responsibility what he was saying but it was a lot of um you know what I mean it's funny that you say that I actually because I was going to share in a hum moment with Mr. Ravioli Mm -hmm. but which was completely different than yours but you reminded me of my my first aha moment maybe our first argument I had come back from a, from a party that we had, that I had invited him to, but he, he couldn't go or wouldn't go or just didn't want to come. And I looked real cute. Um, and he had told me like, Oh yeah, you look cute, whatever. But I think we got to a point, um, we were watching TV and I, something was off. Like, I think he was kind of upset because he had called me while I was at the party and I hadn't answered because I was at a party and he just kind of started digging and said something like about like, why don't, why don't you wear this? And um, why don't you wear that? And why, why don't you wear heels that much? And I was like, I do wear heels. And he's like, no, but like certain kind of heels, like just kind of started nitpicking at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was, you know, obviously I'm a feisty one. <laughs> um, so I was like, well then Dana girl that wears the heels that you like. Yeah. Wear. Better yet. Why don't you fucking wear them? <laughs> like, or even like, there's even a better way of going about it. Like, hey, I would love to see in these heels. Do you want me to get, you know, like here are some, he- whatever. Like there's, there's so another many- way of saying it. Another way of saying it. And it was a little bit of a ha moment for me because I had never experienced that with a man. But I can say that in a lot of experiences that I had with Mr. Ravioli, where that was the discussion of whether either how I looked or how I dressed, what was in me that I was manifesting that in a man, that a man wouldn't just completely absorb me and love me the exact way that I looked and, and not that you can't have an opinion on what your significant yeah. wears, but yeah. it just was a very bizarre way to go about it. And I think that was a huge red flag for me. For, the, for me, the biggest aha moment was Mr. Ravioli and I, because there were a lot of aha moments here and there. One of them being, I didn't like the way he spoke about women or referred to women at times. And even though I, he didn't understand it sometimes because he wasn't specifically referring to me, but I was like, okay, but that's women. Like, yeah. and he would talk about marriage a lot. So I would say like, shoot, like if I end up marrying a guy, we end up having kids. Like, I don't, I want a man who sees women a certain way. What if we have a daughter or what, whatever, even if we weren't to get married, it was just, that was a big mm-hmm moment for me. But the biggest I think was we pretty quickly, yeah. um, moved in together. He, he wanted to move in pretty quickly. And I was extremely hesitant because I tend to have a fight or flight mode. Um, but also just because I thought it was too soon. And I, and I really cared for the relationship. I loved him deeply and I wanted us to tread with care. Cause I knew we were both big personalities and we needed to get to know each other more, um, yeah. and respect our differences more right before like being tossed in, but you know, with quarantine and everything that accelerated and I finally agreed. And, um, that was a really rough move. Like I felt 
very alone. I had, I had lived with my roommate slash sister now for like nine years. So that was like a really traumatic thing for me, even though I was moving in yeah. with this man that I loved and we're from the same country. We come from the same uh, city. So we have a lot of things in common and so many like little idiosyncrasies that I was like, oh, this is amazing. But, and it was such a challenge for me because I had told myself I was never going <laughs> to date anyone from my home country ever again. And, da, da, da. and here you are living with him. And you're like living with him. I couldn't even believe where I was, but in the most beautiful of ways too, right? Like it's yeah. crazy how like, you'll say something and then God laughs. You'll say this will never happen. And then it's like, he's like, here you go. You know, like life just has a funny way of teaching you things too. And, and, um, I felt very alone. It was almost like he was, I remember once we were having a conversation with his best friend and his best friend's fiance at the time. And I think she said like, wow, this is a huge move for you. You've lived with your roommate for nine years. Yeah. Um, you must be this, I can't even imagine what this is for you. And he was so like, get over it. Like, just get it done. You know, and how you are feeling basically. It, it started, it, it was one of those things, which again, just showing me a piece of myself, I wasn't feeling heard or validated. Hmm. And I think that was a huge thing. And we'll go into that and some of the reasons why we feel to walk away. I don't want to like blow, like tell all the stories at once, but I, no. I didn't feel heard or validated, but I, which brought me to my biggest aha moment in the middle of all the chaos of like moving in and whatnot. I decide to spend some time with my family because it was quarantine and I hadn't seen them in months. And, and, um, and I was having a rough time with Mr. Ravioli <laughs> and it had been mother's day and he hadn't wanted me to join him for mother's day, which probably a big red flag, but I was like, okay, I miss my family. I want to go see my family. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. And I land in Miami and the overwhelming feeling of just, I felt so grounded mm. and safe and loved. Yeah. That for me was the aha moment of uh, something. There's something up because I haven't felt it was like a release and you'll have those release and girls just that you're out there, you can be in a relationship and have those releases all the time. And it doesn't mean that he's not meant for you, but yeah. it does mean like, okay, something needs to either be addressed or, or, or cut a cord because, and that was a huge aha moment for me of, okay, whatever the status of a relationship. And I knew that, I mean, we were having conflicts and it's normal. Like we jumped into so many things so soon. Yeah. Um, so that was normal, but just the, the instinct. And that's the one thing that I'll say before we jump into the, some of the reasons why we feel to walk away, ladies, gentlemen as well, your body knows, Yeah. listen to your body. Yes. When listen you have a twinge, when you land in a freaking place and you're literally your whole body releases and you're like, oh my God, this is where I'm supposed to be listen to your body. Yeah. It's telling you what you need to know. If you're going to be with someone in your life, you don't want to leave them and feel drained. Like you should feel filled, you know? And like, I'm not saying that you need someone to feel fulfilled. I'm saying like, you don't need someone in your life that's going to drain you. That's going to make you feel less than what you are than who, you know, what you do. Like, no, 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 no. If you feel like shit after you leave a guy or a girl, that's not the person for you, honey. And as much as like they check the boxes. Yeah, no. Like, the sex is as amazing as the whatever. And I'll say, whatever. Well, and like, I love once I was again talking to my friend, Andrew, and I was like, he made me feel fill in the blank. I think it was like, he made me feel like I wasn't enough. And she said, and I love that she says, she's like, did he make you feel that way? Or did you already feel that way? Because mm. when you feel beautiful and, and someone, X, X persona X 
comes yeah. and tells you uh you're ugly you literally laugh about it because you yeah. you're like oh that's cute like, like oh, that's funny. Cool. you know if yeah. you feel ugly and someone says you're ugly you're going to be obsessing about that one person who said you were ugly and you don't even know them yes and yeah. so that's literally it's a huge sign. It's not about them making you feel any way because sometimes, you know, I, he would say to me, oh, you make me feel emasculated. And I was like, well, I can't really do that because you are masculine. Of course, my first reaction was like, oh my God, how am I doing that? Let me stop. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. Uh, what am I saying? What am I doing? Am I too strong? Am I too opinionated? Whatever. But then after a while I thought about it and I was like, well, you can't really make anyone feel something that they're not already feeling. And yeah. so- that's why we're going to start with the reasons of why we fail to walk away because yeah, we can blame the other person and not to say that they don't have responsibility, but we are co-creators of our relationships, relation, we are relationships, relationships. We are co-creators of our relationships and our lives. So it's like, okay, what did we bring into the situation that we could have taken more responsibility for at the time? Or been more aware of. And I think it's like being honest with yourself, you know, like you, like for me, like this was, the perfect man in my eyes. Hmm. This was the perfect man for my family. You know what I mean? All the boxes, like everything was amazing. And he's still a great guy, but hmm. it had to take something so severe for me to be like, oh shit, like I can love this person, but I might not end up with him. Like I might not start a family with him. Y eso fue como que like, fuck, I had never thought about that. Like, that thought never went through my mind, you know? Well, and we'll talk more about that also about, you know, relationships that you make with someone's family, which I'm, I'm, I'm like, we're Latinas on this So for me to meet a parent on like a second date is not a big deal. Like I'm like, not not in like dismissive way, but I'm like, cool family. Like I I love love it. it. Yeah, I love it. But how you say in Spanish, like cuando te encariñas, like that can be hard too, you know? Like sometimes there were points in, 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 especially in my breakup where I didn't really even miss Mr. Ravioli for a while, but I missed his family. Like, yeah. That's been the hardest part of my breakup was letting go of the relationship that I had, like with his mom, with his, you know, grandmother. And, but it's like kind of just separating that line, like, oh right. shit, like this might not be like, you know, my family in the future and, or I'm going to have to let someone else into my life that has their family. And it's like, that was hard to let go. Like their family was the hardest thing to let go. Right. So let's, we broke down, Van and I like talked a little bit about like different reasons of why we feel to walk away. Yeah. The first one we talked about was, <laughs> I know a lot of you ladies are going to hold on to this one. Um, we hold on to what we think is someone's potential or mm-hmm. the potential in a relationship. So you might be right. Every single human being has a potential. And especially if you're an empathic person, if you're someone who love, you know, when you love someone, like I loved Mr. Avioli deeply. So I was like, oh my God, this man, like he can turn into like the most amazing man, which A is egoic. Cause it's like, well, who's to say that I know what's best for him and what can yeah. make him a great man. Right. So let's just clarify with that. Like, ain't nobody telling him, like he knows that's his journey, but yeah. also it is that kind of thing where like, wow, like I am, I'm in love with this man and, and all the things he's, he can be, or is going to be whatever. And the, the heart that he has and how that can grow him. And, you know, we're, we're always right. There is always potential in a person, but I think there's two, two things about that. Two little caveats. A, do they agree with that potential? 
Do they see that potential in themselves? Do they believe in their own potential? And B, you know, do they want, do they have the capability, do they have the tools, do they they have the emotional tools to actually achieve that potential? Because no matter how much we see it, it's, it's not our journey. That's A. And then B, what is the potential that we see in the relationship? which of course, most relationships start as a fricking fairy, t- fairy tale. So we're like, oh, yeah. this is what it's going to be for the rest of love. our time, right? Love. Yeah. yeah. So we hold on because we're like, wait a minute, where did the relationship go? No, this is the relationship. And there's ways to find love in the relationship in the moment. But unfortunately, sometimes we're still holding on to that potential that we built both the guy and the girl mm-hmm. we meet romance starts and we immediately project all our dreams on this one person all he's our savior we're their damsel in distress mm-hmm. and we are perfection and obviously very soon that or is sometimes not so soon that that image crumbles because no one's perfect 